Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. Welcome to this, the epic and very, very special episode 225 of the Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko. And I am Florence Ion. And Andy, you are in a very ambient location right now. <laughs> yes. At, at, this, is this of course, is the week of the uh, Google launch event, the Made by Google event in New York City. So I have, given that there is a lot of studio and uh, availability and voice talent, I have at great expense, like hired this studio to mix in like some ambient noise mm. so that you get the mm. feeling, the vibe of being in the city, even though I am, of course, uh, back home in my uh, very, very uh, audio secure, audio quiet uh, studio. Uh, no, actually, I am at... The, I'm at the I'm at Google headquarters. Uh, the uh, they uh, I, I have had a social thing going on this afternoon. I knew that we had like plans to record today, and so I was trying to figure out where best to record. And then when I found out when I got here, and I found out that where I was meeting a friend for lunch at one is just like a block away from both uh, the Apple Store in here in Soho in Soho and the Google headquarters <laughs> Google headquarters in New York City. I thought. You know what? I bet we can make this work here. Uh, so they've got the. I will have to say that they have until the end of the year. The they've set up sort of a pop up grow with Google Learning Center where they will give you like this big, big like uh, fold out brochure of all these classes that they're giving you for free. Like kind of reminiscent of what you can get at the Apple stores, like the big ones where they have regularly right. scheduled stuff. Uh, and it looks really, really cool. Uh, and uh, apparently they're doing these at a lot of different locations throughout the rest of the year. And if you go to uh, grow.google, which is also like their sort of hub for uh, Google education stuff, like here's how to use our products and here's how to use our services, you might be able to find some place nearby. So it's so it's I, I'm I'm actually kind of pleased by this. I uh, I when I saw on the map that I was actually really close to the Apple Store, which I also have great experience with finding really great free Wi-Fi. I'm like. Do I have the guts to actually do a Google podcast from an Apple store? I feel like, you know, I feel as though this is the flag that I want. This is the the emblem I want on my banner that, yes, this is the sort of decision that Andy was willing to make. Doing a Google podcast from a public Apple store based on the fact that it's just a block away from where he's having lunch and also that the Wi-Fi is pretty good. So I don't for everything good and bad about me, I think that's pretty emblematic. And I'm just home back in California because I I just did not want to stay in New York. I, just, <laughs> I mean, it's just too much for me. I'm not I'm not a city person. I I belong out here in the burbs where it's quiet and I'm surrounded by birds and the birds the burbs are, the birds of the burbs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andy, I need to before we get into everything that like we talked to or we experienced. Well, we should probably, should we tease the fact that we finally met each other? I know we're going to talk about it, but we should tease it. This is, if you're dropping in on us for the first time, this is a good one to drop in on because we did get to hang out together a bit for the first time, like ever after, uh, after being internet friends and Skype pals for so long. That was cool. We were both at the Made by Google event, which they showed off the new Pixel phones and the new Pixel book. Both of us went uh, came back with pre-release hardware, so we can. And um, unlike certain other tech juggernauts, they don't make you like not talk about it until everybody talks about it on the same day for marketing reasons. So we can blab all about 
our voluminous two two days of experience with the Pixel phone and I think the Google Nest Home. This is a, this is a good one. We we will talk about this in depth later. But so as you can guess from maybe the tone in my voice, we're it's going to be a joyous show. However, I uh, Flo, you you you've told me that there was a a unit of non joy. Also, Google Google related in your life that I think before we get to the joy, we need to get to the sorrow that that we buy our joy with. Well, I just want to preface this with saying that there were numerous earthquakes at my house before I came home. So I left. I went to the East Coast. All these earthquakes hit. So that was great. And then I came home yesterday and the first message that I have from my husband when I land after a six hour flight home from New York is I think our nest got hacked. <laughs> So, and he proceeded to explain that while he was home yesterday, so he's waiting for the contractors to come because we were, we're having some work done in our house. And this was like at seven in the morning, somebody like, you know, when the lights come on the nest camera and then you kind of start to hear like talking when you're, when you're kind of zooming into a nest camera and you're trying to like talk to a family member, some random voice started talking to him through the nest camera that's in the living room. And he was like, what is going on? So my husband just unplugged it. He was just like, well, I, I like, I don't have time to deal with this. Like I have contractors coming over and my nest is talking to me. And as soon as he unplugged it, the nest guard, which is the little hockey puck shaped device that has like all the numbers and that connects you to uh, if you pay for home monitoring, it connects you to that and to emergency 911 services. Um, and it's kind of like the hub of the nest security system. That one started going off like the alarm kept going off and my husband kept he went over there and he kept like punching in you know our little code to make sure that the alarm wouldn't go off thankfully i'm not paying i probably shouldn't say this out loud but i am right now i'm not paying for professional monitoring because we're in the middle of moving and so thankfully there was no fear of like it calling the police because if it did i would have been fined for a fake alarm uh which costs money it increases $100 every time you have a uh, false alarm. And so he could have unplugged it, but he couldn't unplug it. Eventually it just like stopped doing whatever it was doing. Uh, Cause even if he unplugged it, it w it has a six hour battery life. So it would have been doing the same thing over and over again. So I think whoever the person was stopped uh, accessing it. So this was a story that I was met with as soon as my plane landed. Okay, so then I'm on BART. I'm on my way home from the airport, uh, from San Francisco airport. I live all the way up north. I'm just kind of fretting about this. I'm stressing. I'm kind of, I'm upset. I feel really violated, you know? And so I get home. There's still contractors here. So I had to like wait a little bit before I could deal with this. And so eventually after dinner, we decided, okay, let's tackle this. So I called Nest customer service. And as we were on hold with them, uh, I logged into the Nest account through my email address. So my husband was locked out of his Nest account on his end. And we have a family group. So I have access to everything just as much as he does. It's just the Nest Aware subscription is under his name and it's linked to his credit card kind of thing. 
I just have full access. So I went in to see like what was going on. So I go into the family group and I expand my husband's name under the family group. And I notice that there's an email address there that I have never seen before in my life. And so as soon as the first customer rep gets on, I'm going to relay this whole story to everyone right now, so enjoy. As soon as the first customer rep gets on, I we're on speakerphone, by the way, so we were totally that couple that was like bickering while <laughs> on customer support. I'm just like, no, 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 you need to tell them this. No, hold on, you're not telling them the right thing. So I'm sorry to ask customer support. We were those people, but I'm sure you've dealt with worse people. So, you know, forgive us, but we were, it was a little... I was a little flustered to kind of like come home to all this, you know, cause I, I'm the one who's in charge of this stuff. I'm the one who sets it up. And so when something goes wrong, I feel personally responsible for it because yeah. like I wasn't home for three days, a bunch of earthquakes hit my house. So my husband had to deal with like broken vases and stuff. And then right before I come home, I find out that like our nest account has been compromised. So it's, I'm feeling just all sorts of guilt and I want to like fix it. And so we mentioned that there's this name on there that like we've never seen before. So they're like, oh my gosh, okay, that's weird. So they looked up my husband's account name under his email and it turns out like everything that was Nest had been deactivated from his account. So it showed that he was not an active Nest subscriber. It showed that he was a deactive, like, all the things had been removed. It didn't show any hardware under his name. It didn't show an aware account. So they put us on hold. We get to a second customer support rep and they took down the serial number for the camera. He tossed us to a third customer service rep where we tried to get the email removed. And when she realized that like this email was somebody we didn't know, they sent us to a senior support official. So in the midst of the senior support official, like waiting for him on hold, uh, we got an email finally to my husband's email account to reset his Nest password. And so I like refreshed on the account page and it, they had done all this stuff in the back end because they had put us on hold a lot. So I assumed like they were just vigorously doing things back there. So they kicked off whoever that email was and put my husband's email back on. And so immediately I had my husband migrate over to the Google account and set up Tufa. So we did all of this. And so, it, again, I still don't know what happened. All I know is some random person had access to my Nest account for a while. And I didn't notice it because I didn't think I didn't think to go into the family group and kind of check and see that the credentials were all, you know, in line with what we were used to having. But I do think there's a moral to this story. And I think the moral is A, set up two-factor authentication with absolutely everything, especially when you're dealing with your home security, especially when you're doing a DIY home security. And, you know, I'm kicking myself in the butt for not kicking my husband's butt <laughs> to, get, to get moving on this. Like, I should have pressed him. But, you know, we've been in the midst of all this, like, change. So it was kind of, it got put on the back burner, you know? I, I I wasn't really thinking about it, and I feel I feel really guilty about it for not being on top of it, because I'm, I'm usually the person who is. And, um, you know, if you are out there listening to us right now, and you have not migrated your Nest account, your Works with Nest account over to Google, I need you to go put us on pause. Come back, please. But put us on pause and go do that immediately. Because I was not compromised. My account was perfectly safe. 
I was still able to access everything. The only thing I couldn't do was kick off this other email. And that's because my husband is the owner of the Nest account because he's the one who pays for the aware. So if especially you are the person who is the payer of the aware account, like go make sure that you are migrating over to the Google account. It really is, I think, more secure. I mean, you have to log in with your phone yeah. or or a, a text message, you know, a number through a text message. Um, I, I just feel, I, I feel really embarrassed. I feel embarrassed and I feel violated is kind of how I'm feeling right now. And, you know, ultimately the moral of the story is, uh, you know, it's funny. October is actually cybersecurity awareness month, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is just and like, boy, this is all aware. perfectly timed. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, you know, I even though I preach about this relentlessly as a as a tech journalist, as a person who, like, tries to empower people with information, you know what? Sometimes it falls through the cracks because I understand. I mean, we're busy people. We're busy humans. I get it. Uh, but I think this is I think what everybody should do is put a Google Calendar reminder or something to just kind of remind you to check on your stuff. Like, I don't know, you can do something. You could do a reoccurring uh, Google Calendar uh, event, you know, reminder every three months, for instance. Yeah. Go in and say every three months, you just... It's like today I went to the dermatologist to get my moles checked, right? Yep. They were relentlessly calling me saying, you're due for your annual skincare checkup, which I really appreciated it because I was like, all right, I will come in because they were like calling me incessantly because you can do that now as a doctor's office. So do that for yourself with all the IOT stuff in your house. Do that for yourself. If you have a do it yourself, uh, security system set up at home, I'm thinking about how to write about this because I think that even though we constantly say it, it's a really important thing that I need to remind people about. Because if you're going to go your own direction and try and save some money by not paying a company to handle this all for you, you do have to take the initiative and set it up for yourself. And so I, it's, I'm learning a lot of lessons as a person who covers this and calls herself an expert. And see, even us experts, sometimes we get really busy and this happens. So, ugh. <laughs> It was a day. <laughs> that's that's not. That's, uh, but yes. <laughs> I, I see the, the, the fact that the fact that you were you were able to gloss over the fact that there was an earthquake at your house while you were gone. That shows Two, you exactly by what the a way. bummer. There was a four point. There was a four point six and a three point two, and the epicenters were both within ten miles of my home. So, the, a lot of my stuff was knocked over. By the way, I opened the medicine cabinets yesterday. And which my husband doesn't go in there because I'm the person with all the crap and <laughs> like deodorants are knocked over. Like I had like bottles of things, just like everything was just like strewn around. It looked like somebody had like ransacked my home. <laughs> it was, oh my God. It, and I just found it funny because I had come home from this like Google event where we, and we'll talk about this when we get into the announcements where one of the announcements was that you could use uh, you could use these Nest Minis as part of like your security system. And then I come home and like <laughs> some rando is talking to my <laughs> husband through the Nest camera. Like, and he's already kind of, he's not doing well after having experienced the earthquakes. Like he's, yeah. he's kind of on edge right now. And 
It's just everything. That's such good advice. And you're kind of reminding me to add those things to my own list. I have a, a reminder every six months to do things like check the filters, check the batteries and the smoke alarms. Uh, only uh, Okay, but I will say in that case, it's not so much because if you don't check the batteries and the, the backup batteries and the smoke alarm, that will compromise the your safety inside the house. It's more like if you don't, then like at 3.30 in the morning, the damn smoke detector is going to start going. Every like three but minutes that's how, to But that's you. how they get you. It's uh, like my dermatologist making sure I go in to get my moles checked. I mean. Well, see, but that, <laughs> see that, but that can be a problem because that's how they get you. But that's also how they get you to like rip out the goddamn thing from the wall because it's 3 it's, 30 in the day oh i thought you to say that's how they get you to remove the molds which i was gonna say no, that's not that's, that bad that's true there I, I, they numb I, it i i know that i know that that's what they're that they're that's what they're trying for that's what they're going for i i appreciate that but it's like i did not appreciate the fact that i had to be up early the next morning and the only and because I live in th- this really beautiful like old old building with high high ceilings, I had to get out the step ladder. Not just like the little oh here here it is in the kitchen. I mean the kind one of those like Swiss Army knife style step ladders that can become like a fold out or can be a huge wall step ladder. And it, it's not quiet it's, it, to, to unfold this thing. And it's three thirty in the morning, and I have neighbors, and the neighbors that were like oh well, do, do I faintly hear like a peeping of andy's like smoke alarm oh well i can go back to sleep no now andy is like rattling and like making all these rattling and, and climbing noises and mostly it was like i don't want to fall not because i don't want to break my neck because i don't want like the neighbors to like have to <laughs> just uh, anyway so i'm i'm saying there's lots of different ways to do it I'm, I'm i'm glad that everything worked out okay from the earth well I, oh, yeah oh, and i just want to say about the nest story. I, well, I just want to say about the Nest cameras that I had an inkling something was going on because last week I was laying on the couch just watching TV as I do and minding my own business. And I saw the light turn on the Nest camera. And when the green light goes on, if it's a blue light, I know something's wrong with the Wi-Fi, so I ignore it. And then I check the Wi-Fi. If it's a green light, it means that it's on. But we have hours scheduled. And it was not during the scheduled time. And I should have gone with my gut instinct to check the account, but I didn't. So again, let this be a lesson to all of you. Like just if you are going to be the person that brings the stuff into your home, you have to do them. You have to be dutiful about doing maintenance and managing it and getting on the person's butt who does not have Tufa enabled, who has not migrated their account when the company has told you to do that. I think it's just a combination of things. And it just was very poorly timed after like coming from this Google event, coming home to like a house with all this stuff that was knocked over. And there's also a giant hole in my wall because all my pipes got, (laughs) we got brand new plumbing in the house. It was just like, uh, you know, Flo is, (laughs) Flo is just trying to breathe through it all right now. So, you know, and I just want to thank publicly not support for like the minute you mention I think I was hacked it's like the red lights go off it's like it's like d-day they're like oh my god escalate it escalate it so I guess if I should give anybody else advice it's if you need something to get that just say you think you were hacked maybe I shouldn't say that but don't lie don't lie just to get things okay that's not right (laughs) We were not lying in this case. This is what we thought. Oh. 
Well, it's 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 good that they're that attentive and that interested in, in like making sure getting in touch with you that way. I, I like I'll compare that and contrast that to like what I was thinking when I got off the subway and found myself standing right in front of like Google headquarters with a Google like logo, saying that it would be maybe there's someone inside there that I could talk that I could talk to or or message that would say, oh yeah, as a matter of fact, we have like a standard conference room for that. We'd be happy to let you use that. Part of it is that I, I don't want to I don't want to try the I did not want to try to use the do you know who I am because I really don't want to find out the answer to that I unequivocally. I let my husband I let my husband do the whole customer support thing, but that's why we were bickering because I kept being like, tell them this thing. You need no, you need to tell them that this is what happened. No, you're not telling them the right thing. Like that was me in the background, and at one point I. They asked for like the serial and I grabbed the phone from him. I'm like, the serial number is. Because I had the <laughs> so I'm really sorry to Nest support that I am that wife. But you know what? That's now you now you all have a glimpse inside what my marriage is like. And, you know, it works for us. We make it work. Um, he at one point he did step out of the room and he's like, I can't do this anymore if you're going to keep yelling. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm so angry. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, again, between the between the mysterious voices from the internet and the earthquake, you are apt, and and also the 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 trauma of like getting moved from an old house to new. It's let's there there are times when I see like, like videos of like people freaking out in a supermarket checkout aisle, and then I and I have I have to tell myself that maybe they're having just a we're just not seeing them at their best on this particular day of this particular week. So if, if any video ever surfaced of like you freaking out at the at a Dairy Queen because they gave you the rainbow sprinkles instead of the chocolate sprinkles, I this you would have been completely understandable for that reaction. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's do let's sure. do a quick Gimpy, yeah. Gimpy Bush update and then go into our first commercial. Then start the fun part yeah. uh, again. Yes. Like uh, update last week, we were the number two and the number three and the number five search result for quote podcast about the Gimpy Gimpy. We are still the two, three, and five search results. So either we are dramatically consistent, or there it's just not a metric that updates that often. But we will continue to upgrade uh, update as the situation commences. And now let's do a commercial. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create an online portfolio. Or maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They'll let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. How much do your friends love Star Trek? If you love Star Trek so much together, you guys should start a blog. And you can do that through Squarespace. It's super easy. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com material. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code material to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for material. Well, once again, that's squarespace.com material and the code material to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of the show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website, maybe about Star Trek. Okay, so it was pretty darn nice to get to finally see you in person. 
Was- I know. And we hugged immediately. I saw you. We had a big bear hug. Yeah. Um, and you and I were both in our like, so Andy right now, uh, like I'm on Skype. I'm at home. So I'm totally like sweat stains. I'm just in a shirt. <laughs> My hair hasn't been brushed for three days. That was not me when I saw Andy. I had like I had red lipstick on. Yep, yep. I had all my makeup on. I did like I did my eyeshadow. I was wearing like my all I was wearing my hoops. I told Andy yep, that yep, like when yep. I'm in serious business, I have my hoops on. Um I, I was in you my, know, I, I, yeah. I was in my respectable geek cosplay, which is which involves like a, a, a tie, a, a a dress shirt that has a collar that can be comfortably buttoned, a sweater vest. A jacket over the tie and the shirt and the sweater vest, and it was mm-hmm. it, it, this was this was our I we are serious journalistic technology professionals, and yeah. we want we it's not that we demand to be treated as such, but we want to confer upon all those who we, we meet and all people and the people who invite us there that we yeah. are indeed taking our job seriously. Whereas when we do this podcast on our usual Wednesdays, like uh, my Wednesday is just like a, I'm a stay at home day. It's an office day. You more often than not, Flo is looking at live video of me, unshaven, haven't even like brushed my hair. I'm probably wearing the same T-shirt that I slept in the night before, <laughs> and and to see us like, oh look, aren't we grown-ups now? Aren't we respectable professionals? That was more refreshing than simply seeing you in three dimensions. I, I would say. <laughs> Well, and we also hung out for a little bit. Like yeah. I was just taking frequent breaks because the thing is, it is really overwhelming to try and like get pictures and B-roll of a bunch of product and like be able to play with everything while everybody else is doing it. Yeah. And press press briefings are no longer just press. It's also like YouTubers. And so you have people that are like making content on the fly there. And it's it's, you know, you don't listen. I'm not on a I'm not rushed here. So I could right. wait and I. You know, we went out, we were just kind of talking and chatting and it was great, Andy, to be able to just kind of hang out in person. And just so you all know, Andy and I have similar rapport in person that we do (laughs) over Skype. So, yes, it's real. It's real, guys. It's all real. Like like cats, it is now and forever. Uh, But yeah, it's it's, it's interesting that you that you bring that up. It's uh, because I've, I've been doing these things for like half my life. And when I started going to media events, it was it was entirely for like the ink stained wretches like myself who write for newspapers and magazines. Uh, and so uh, now it's different. I, I wouldn't say I, I'm not going to come anywhere near saying that I resent that there's so many YouTubers here. It's just that it's a recogni- recognition that uh, YouTubing, streaming, podcasting, video streaming yeah. is here, and it's where a lot of people get their information and their content from. So they have they they have just an important role serving the yeah. public as any of any of us do. Yeah, that, that it's interesting though that that they're what they have to do during their time in the demo area and with uh, executives sort of just roaming the floor, mostly hoping that no one recognizes them, uh, is kind of I'm I'm there because I want to find the engineers and if I recognize that oh wow that's actually that's actually Sabrina Ellis over there and I'm sure I can't ask really substantive questions, but I'm sure I can get one or two interesting questions at her. Um, there are a lot of people that are not even necessarily like Marcus Brownlee, who are who is like a tech reviewer, tech journalist, tech commentator, mm-hmm. but there are people who are doing like more like lifestyle channels 
where it really has to be, hey, well, okay, here I am at the Google Pixel event. I've got I've got my hands on the Pixel 4 XL. But before we, we continue, be sure to smash that like button and subscribe so you can ring the bell. And I'm, 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 it sounds like I'm mocking them, <laughs> but it really, it, but it's, if they're doing like a lifestyle channel, that's appropriate for what they're doing. And so it really is important for them to get that footage, to get that like live on yeah. scene sort of stuff. And so it's, that's why it's like difficult for me to like, I need to get a little bit uh, of hands-on with the device while I'm in, if, if I don't, this, we were both lucky in that we were both getting pre-release hardware. We knew we were, we were walking with hardware that day. So that's why like it was the pressure. But just the was, phone. I mean, there, there was a bunch of other stuff a that bunch we of had stuff. to, uh, the, like, the phone and yeah. the Google Nest Mini. So, uh, the, so we'll both be talking about that, like actually with hands-on a few mm-hmm. days. <laughs> Uh, amazing like uh, 48 hours of experience with them but so but when like an apple event it's more difficult because if i don't know them getting pre-release hardware it means that for the next 10 days at least if i'm going to tell people here's here's how the scrolling felt and here's how the face unlock how fast that was Mm -hmm, and here's mm -hmm. how and i have to get my hands on and i have to basically walk through a checklist in my head and i have to like Wait, so I've waited behind a couple of people who are trying to get at minimum seven minutes of footage instead of like, and they're producing a video using it as a prop. And it, this is why I remind myself that again, they're doing a job just like you are. Mm-hmm. Their job, their audience values their work as much as hopefully your audience does yours. It's like, oh, damn it, why do I have to wait? Why is every single piece of hardware being held in front by somebody who's, uh, who's speaking to camera? Because it's, it's just it makes things a little bit more difficult, and also the scrum of people gets a little bit harder to 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 walk it through. Does. So, so things so it things does. got a lot. So things things are different, but it it is fun. To, I'm glad to see that there's so much access to so many people. I, I remember when it was a really big deal when like a couple of people who were when I was writing for the Chicago Sun Times, uh, and I was I'm the person who was saying, well, don't just talk, don't just say that this person is just a blogger. They are. A, they do legitimately great yeah. work. They just do it independently. And when I first saw like bloggers being uh, invited and credentialed to these events, that was such a great thing for everybody because yeah. more, the more voices, the better. The more diversity, the better. And especially at a time like in the early 2000s when even even more than it might be now, your, um, your basic white guy was the person who's writing about technology. There were f- fewer brown people. There were fewer women doing it. And right. the fact that someone could simply, I've got my space. Still page, not enough got, women. Still, but, still not really enough, anyway. but, it was even, but it was even worse back then. So that's yeah. why, uh, again, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I'm not belly aching about, oh, I, it should just be me and all the products and all the executives in room, one room together for as long as I want them. But it's it's interesting how things have been different. I, I will also say that the way that Google handles the room is, is better than I think most other companies do it, particularly Apple, because they, mm-hmm. they, they only invite enough people that they've got space for. They make sure that there's room for people to walk around. There are mm-hmm. executives walking around. They're, they're not necessarily like behind a big placard saying, hi, I'm in charge of photography for the Google Pixel. But if you know what you're doing, you're like, oh, my God, that's Mark Lavoie. That's totally Mark Lavoie, Professor well, Mark Lavoie and, of Stanford. And people, and people were crowding. I mean, people, press. were. <laughs> so, by the way, there was a press-only uh, area where we went and that's where the executives were versus there was a separate place for like any uh, affiliates. I don't know what to call them. Like people partners. People were necessarily like, there for working. We're not working press, let's say. 
Yes, who, that's, go, a, that's a good way to put that, it. Who goals for that visit yeah. were not to collect stuff for which they can report yeah. for their... There weren't like carrier reps there. There weren't like, you know, like whatever. Those people were on another floor and I'm, I'm sure that the executives got to go through that as well. But it was nice to just have a whole room of just press because then when you would see like a, a group of people clustered around an executive, basically the executive would be talking about like the vision, like what the message was. And these are really, I mean, these are important important things to know as press because this is how you you get into the uh, inside the mind of the company like how they're marketing this product like what their vision is for this product uh publicly and it's um that information informs your knowledge of the products that were announced which I have an example of that when we talk about the Pixelbook Go but we're not there yet but I do want to put a pin in it just to no, no, yeah, but that's you know. that's a great thing that you brought up because a, a lot of people I read later on Twitter were kind of confused by the way it went, and I I really thought it was refreshing. It wasn't you're used to uh, a really regimented and predictable like here the, here we are here they are they're going to march through a, a set of bullet points numbered one two three four five six mm-hmm. and, and now here's so and so to talk about i to talk about iOS applause 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 and now here's so and so to talk about the new pro line of whatever applause applause applause. Whereas it seemed as though for this event, Google was using their hour to simply uh, tell the story behind what they were thinking and what their goals were when they were developing all of this, what they were hoping to achieve and what their what their worldview is and how that yeah. reflects itself in these devices. And of course, if this is always, this is never people talking off the cuff. This was always prepared, but it felt more like they understood that, well, look, we're... But by the time like you sat down, you already we already sent you something in your inbox that had all the specs on. Here's what the cameras are. Here's the date it's going to ship. Here's like what our speed benchmarks are. We don't we all this digital sort of stuff. Or here are the numbers. Here are the figures. You can get that anywhere. It's very difficult, however, to convey what our feelings were, why we are doing things the way we are doing things, yeah. unless it is a human being talking to you from a stage, you know, in a very very analog fashion. So even though there were times where uh, I, I've, I had two windows on my Chromebook as, uh, as I was uh, watching the thing in the audience, and on the left-hand side was like sort of live tweets, which is also my version of notes to myself, but I, can, yeah. I figured that, okay, these are also notes I can share with people as I go. And on the right, things that I don't want to publish that are just thoughts and things I want to follow up on. And several times I'm looking up and saying, after taking a note about the Pixelbook Go, it's like, oh, are we talking about Pixel Buds now? Because it's the same person now, and there wasn't a, and now here's so-and-so to talk about. And also, and also looking up and say, wait a minute, in, in the first three minutes, they were showing pictures of literally everything up there. <laughs> it's like instead of like the big reveal, like, and we, and we want to introduce it to you with this special video now, darkness to then... The 2001 theme, like no, it's like oh, by the way, here are the Pixel Buds on top of the Pixel Book Go and on top of the uh, on top of the the the, the 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 new phone, good stuff. I have to say, I I usually am when I'm sitting next to a person that I'm like want to talk to. I'm usually a commenter, <laughs> and I didn't want to bother you, Auntie, because I saw that you were you were dutifully typing. But I, <laughs> you know, I wanted I wanted to make comments. <laughs> Because, you know, it's like, like, that's the way I am. I'm just like, I'm kind of like that at the movies too, which totally annoys people. So don't, don't go with me to the movies if you don't want me to like make a snarky con or, or not necessarily snarky, but if you don't want to hear my commentary (laughs) on said thing, 
Uh, because I understand people are focusing at these things. <laughs> I am too. It's just yep, that's the yep. way I focus. Well, again, is I, I try to recall like what I thought about a thing in the moment, and that's how I kind of inform that. That's how I inform my <laughs> opinion about something. Yeah, and I don't. And, well, and I don't want to create the impression that oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm I'm in my time, my dress shirt. I'm just all business. I was also like, oh, that's hey, wow, well, that's totally Martha Stewart. I'm going to see if I can get a picture of Martha Stewart. I wonder why Martha Stewart's here. Is he going to be introducing oh, something? Oh, you later? were snap happy over Annie Leibovitz. I was just oh, like, God, I was yeah. kind of giggling because I was like, you know what? Thank God Andy brought his lens. <laughs> and it, at, at, a few years ago, like five years ago, I bought like my first pro-level camera because I felt like I was finally at the level where I would actually appreciate it. And then a couple years after that, I bought for again another like, oh my god, I'm, I'm, I'm such an idiot for spending this amount of money on a lens. But a really good like uh, professional zoom lens with like a low 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 aperture uh, and like it's really good at low light. One of the reasons for it was all the number of times I've been at these events trying to take pictures of like people on stage. Like, okay, they're the Foo Fighters up there on stage, and I will never get a, I'll never get another chance to take really good pictures of you two or the Foo Fighters or Tony Bennett. But because I've got this cheap camera with a bad lens, I can't, I can't reach into the stage and it's too dark anyway. But yeah, so that's why that's why yeah. when I get see, I didn't get a chance to meet Annie Leibovitz. I didn't get a chance to. No. Let's let's be honest. Say, Mrs. Leibovitz, I just want to say, I've, you're such an inspiration. Like, I'm not, well, okay, I'm not a photographer because I'm not talking with the groceries. Okay, I can't believe I'm doing this. Okay, that's how. Uh, that uh, but that's how Andy, the whole point of her talk was that you don't have to be a photographer to take pictures take interesting pictures of people to take to find interesting subjects even if i don't get to uh like meet her i really want to walk away with a really good picture of annie leibowitz which is why like every and uh, so there are people who like at some point i had to do the thing i didn't want to do which is like okay i've been trying to like shoot a keyhole and get a good shot of her but people keep leaning into the i was on an aisle seat for, for this reason. i mean like and it was point, annie like, leibowitz okay, yeah so at some point it's going to be, I'm going to choose like a 15 to 20 second window of time in which I can stand up, even though, yes, I'm in the middle of the audience, it's darkened, so it's not going to be a big deal, but I'm going to be blocking the hell out of people behind me. And they're going to sit down right away, whether I feel like I got a shot or nothing. But yes, I yeah. want to come home with a shot of Annie Leibowitz and finding out that and in like the 40 or 50 shots I framed, there was at least one in which she's smiling and she's looking into the, into my lens like, yes. Yes. Nice. So yes. Uh, but well, yeah, they, you were shooting a lot, so I was hoping you would get that's, something that's, like that. that. That's the great thing about sixty-four gigabyte <laughs> memory cards. It's like if if, yes. if if this were like nineteen seventy, and each frame was going to cost me sixty cents. No, but I can just simply say I'm going to th compose thoughtfully. I'm going to try to squeeze the. If I'm not squeezing the trigger during this fifteen seconds, I'm wasting time. So I should be yeah. doing that. But yeah, that's that was. But that was interesting, though. So they were. She, she was on stage as kind of like the last thing during the event. Uh, to I guess they gave her a. I was. I'm still unclear whether they gave her like super, super, super pre-release Pixel Four hardware, uh -huh. or whether it was here's a Pixel Three. And by the way, we're we're we're, we're pushing out like like. Exp uh, uh, seriously advanced versions of the software mm -hmm. or whether they were sending her like revised product revised like engineering samples like how long has she had what could be termed a pixel four but she was doing like a portrait uh, a portrait series and there's a there's a blog on the google blog there's a link to this year-long like pixel series she did mm -hmm. uh, and, and she it was such a great uh 
presentation part well, of the presentation because yeah. she's talking about again being one of the one of the most this one of photographic history's most profound contributors and artists saying how uh, the, how it was to let go of the idea of I've gonna, I'm going to take complete control over this of a, of a camera that has dials and settings for everything and lights and whatever for everything and simply trust that if I tap this one button it's going to give me a shot that I want and then talking about the intimacy that it allowed that she's she, her subjects are just standing she's just standing in front of her subjects with a phone which is something that people yeah. accept and trust uh, yeah and and, and, the, and of course the photos were amazing and incredible. Now, that's of course, a, it was Annie. Yeah, she, of course. Exactly, oh. exactly. It's like you could see this. This is why the only thing that will kind of undercut the message is that you could say, hey, Annie, we'd like you to do like an hour long, like photo, uh, a year long photo portraiture or whatever project. Uh, we have here half of an orange and a paper bag that we'd like you to take the pictures with. She would still come back with amazing photos because yes. she's Annie freaking yes. Leibowitz. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was still pretty, pretty damn nice. One, one, one last thing to cover is that at least I, I will say that I, uh, they had they made sure that uh, Google made sure that there were a lot of women executives that were front and center throughout. Um, I, I was going through my notes. Ivy Ross, who's the vice president of hardware design, uh, Sabrina Ellis, who was the director of product, mm-hmm. was out there talking about uh, the Pixel Four, which is mm-hmm. another important thing. Uh, it, it also helps if like most if so many of your like important vice presidents happen to be women. As opposed to when you have other companies that I'm not going to name, where they they don't want they don't want uh, employees okay. below a certain like executive suite level, and they just don't have anybody who is other than like a white dude in any of those positions. So I'm most, rolling my eyes really hard right now. Yeah, just exactly. I think that, I think that's Everybody knows through, how I feel I think about that's that. coming through on your audio. That's the Jim is probably <laughs> sweetening that a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> it's. Again, which is not to say that Google does not have profound problems with how they treat women in their company, uh, but it's I've, it is something that a lot of people, including myself, are paying attention to to say how how eager were you to make sure that you were showing uh, the full strength and diversity of your bench team uh, mm-hmm. in that in such a public way versus again, well, we'd like to show you we'd, we'd like to show you a diverse people from our executive team but there actually aren't any oh oh i'm sorry we do have one vice president in uh in in in, in product development who did go to a public college before he transferred to <laughs> yale is is that diverse is that anything <laughs> so. i laughed at that just because it's like my life story it's like oh you went to public college oh you went to a state school Anyway, um, yes. So yes. we. Yes. Do, do you want to know what age I was when I paid off all of my student loans? Uh, yeah, I was twenty-three. It was great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, should we? Let's jump jump into that, and then we'll talk about. We'll, we'll talk about the stuff that we don't actually have in our possession right now. The stuff that they that yes. they announced. We'll be back after this. This episode of Material is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Recently, over 100 million people have had their personal information stolen in another major data breach. Boy, is this prescient. So security numbers, contact details, credit scores, and more, all taken from Capital One customers. There's a possibility that you could have been affected by this, and these kinds of attacks are getting more frequent and more severe. We all know it's not just Capital One. Equifax, Facebook, eBay, Uber, PlayStation, and Yahoo, they all have 
leaked passwords, credit cards, and bank numbers belonging to billions of users. And this is another reason that I use ExpressVPN, because you can't control how big corporations mishandle your data, but you can take steps to protect yourself at least where you can. ExpressVPN is an app for your computer and phone that encrypts and secures your data. I never use an unprotected network without ExpressVPN. It connects with just one click, it's lightning fast, and it costs less than seven bucks a month. Seriously, ExpressVPN has saved me all over, especially when I'm traveling, because I have no idea what it is that I'm connecting to when I'm connecting to it. And at least, you know what? ExpressVPN has got my back on that account. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN provider by TechRadar, CNET, The Verge, and others. So go right now to expressvpn.com slash material to arm yourself with an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. You can support the show and protect yourself by going to expressvpn.com slash material for three months free with a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show. Okay, now... Lots of cool stuff. A lot of the things that they announced aren't going to be available for quite some time, which was a little bit disappointing because the most exciting thing that I think for me that they announced that was not the new Pixel phone were the Pixel Buds because it really seems as though uh, they created the feature list based on every com- every complaint that everybody had about the first edition of the Pixel Buds, which, by the way, are no longer like available for purchase on the Google Play Store because they I'm said, just, yeah, I- let's, just, let's just let this thing die. We're not proud of that. Let's I mean, not- they were wor- they worked a lot on them. They were showing all the video of how they like iterated on the design, like all the color schemes that they tried to come up with. I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah, no, and, and, and it's a lot of stuff, but it really paid off the and they had sam they had some i don't know if they were functional uh, in the in the demo room I, if if they were i'm not going to put things in my ears that would've been in other people's ears particularly fellow yeah. members of the press cuz i know exactly what my hygiene is like uh, <laughs> but it, but they they really seemed to like snug inside the ear and kind of disappear in a mm-hmm. way that even like the bose uh even the, even the bose like uh, totally wireless headphones they still bulge out a little bit it really it really felt like the the foam earplugs that you've got in there uh, uh, for uh, for for actually actual noise suppression, so it feels like something that you would conceivably wear everywhere if you were, it were yeah. handy. And they the other feature that I thought was really cool is that they also underscored that we're not necess- they're not necessarily talking about it as oh well here's a way of wearing headphones without having a wire connected. It was here is a way to have the Google Assistant available to you wherever when you don't want to be distracted by having a phone in your hand. So uh, so. That making the point that uh, I think that what they said was that even if, if you were ill, they'll work even if you're three rooms away uh, from like the phone, it'll, if you're outside uh, with, that, with no obstructions, 100 meters away from it. So the idea of being anywhere in your house, just cooking or just like watching TV or do whatever, and suddenly be able to just simply tap your ear and ask a question or make a note or create an appointment or be reminded of something, that seems like it seems like taking the the best parts of Google Glass and taking away the fact that no one wants to walk around with a camera and a and a and a, and a Star Trek Next Generation Jordy visor. So it really seems like they're taking like the most functional and useful nugget of Google Glass, the ability to be able to use your phone without being distracted by your phone and put it into audio, which I think would be super, super good. Not not available till spring of twenty twenty though. 
So, by the way, I heard that they were only Bluetooth 4, and which made me think, like, how is that supposed to manage across, like, a large house? I don't know. But at the same time, we're not going to get these until the spring, and who knows, like, what else is going to come out in the interim? I This is, like, the thing with the Microsoft event, like, announcing things now that we're not going to see for a while. It just feels like such a tease. I wish that they would have been available now. So that you can, especially because the color schemes that they came out with were to match appropriately the new Pixel 4s. I mean, they had that not so orange version that's coming out. They had like a, what, like a nice mint bluish version. They had a white one, a black one. Uh, And they look a lot better than what else is on the market right now. I mean... I'm I like my Galaxy Buds, but they're not perfect. And I'm constantly having to push them back into my ear because they protrude out so much. And apparently these don't. It was also worth mentioning that there was not any real discussion around the Google Assistant and what it used what we were talking about, what it could do with the first gen Pixel Buds, which was act as your translation assistant in the real world. Like I I missed any of that. I, I don't know. I feel like, are we not talking about that anymore? Um, we didn't talk about any accessibility features that could be enabled through the Pixel Buds. Like I'm trying to think about like live transcribe or san- sound amplifier. Like how are these things going to work? And I understand that this is a keynote and we're doing it, you know, to kind of market these new things and, you know, tell the general population what they can do. But you know, it would have been nice to have a pair of working buds that I could ask a lot of questions about. Yeah. Well, and and it's, that's, a, that's a tough question, I think, for almost everything. On, on the one hand, I, uh, yeah, you kind of want to have it in your hand. If they're going to show, off, if they're going to show them off to that extent, uh, they, you'd, you'd hope that they would have a, a, a ship date that's not quite so vague and far away. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, um, it's nice to know that, oh, by the way, we have something coming up that we're not ready to ship yet, but here's what we've got going for it. So if yeah. you think, given that this is, given that like the the usual price for like true wireless earbuds of any quality is $150, $250, it really will change my buying, uh, my, my buying tactic if I know that, ooh, that really sounds good. So even though I was, even though maybe on Black Friday, I might have bought like those Bose, those Bose uh, true wireless mm-hmm. earbuds. If they, if I found them for a really good price, now I will definitely not do anything until I see. Bose is expensive. It's, I mean, I know we, we talk about it's, it's whatever worth it, but. Yeah. Particularly for, particularly for something that if you, if your commuter, and you know, on the in the New York City subways, and on, just on the sidewalks, you just see these things everywhere. And and I, I also have to say that I have ever since the uh, the Pixel Buds uh, demo, I have really been noticing like those lollipop sticks sticking out of like the the AirPods. Uh, Q-tips, the AirPods. yes, yeah, it's, which I, which I don't think are ridiculous, particularly because how well they work, particularly compared to at the time of their release when true wireless earbuds kind of worked but not really and the the airpods were the first one that did it successfully but now really i could i could do nothing but see those q-tips and, and lollipop sticks sticking out of people's ears uh but you see these everywhere so if it's something that makes your your commute your everyday thing your everyday carry more pleasant 
you can easily forget how much you spent on it like after the first week of uh, of, of using them and yeah. for for $179 that could be something that I would be saying this is part of my everyday carry this is part of my this is part of the the armor the the, the arms and and tools that I, I that I gird myself with to go out into the real world uh, it doesn't seem like that much money but but yeah. but but to add to say that no this is not just so that you can listen to the same music everywhere except you don't have a cord to deal with like i would much rather have like a good pair of like 30 dollar usb c earbuds and and uh, and like 150 dollars left over to spend on you know food <laughs> and electricity then but if you say no this will allow you to have access to the google assistant something you use a lot uh, and use it everywhere that's that's attractive that 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 cuts the the nominal price down to like 80 dollars for me because i feel like i'm getting two things for one Really? But I have the access to the Google Assistant with like my Bose SoundSport and with my Galaxy Buds. So I'm just kind of, I mean, I have to press something. I'm not like just talking out loud. I don't know. I, we, I wish these existed right now because then I want to put them into the current landscape of what's going on. And, you know, I already have so many things, so many, so much Google hearing me. I mean, in my in my car, I have it in my home. So I'm wondering if I really want this while I'm on the trail. I don't know. But again, we're not going to be able to really talk about it until spring 2020. And it also underscores part of that storytelling that they've been doing, where they they're once again using the term ambient computing as though that's a oh uh, that's yeah a, the major like, thesis. Yeah, that this is the idea of computers and uh, and services should just be there when you need them. They shouldn't make you take your head out of where you are right now and put your head into your phone space or your laptop space. Mm -hmm. So it's, it makes it feel as though you're not buying this sort of like, uh, uh, this sort of Island product that's detached from everything else that they do. It sounds like they're saying you're, this is part of the ecosystem of Google, which we can project these useful services in a place in places where you want those services, but you don't want the distraction of those services. I, no, yeah. yeah. So the, the other, I was keen to see the new uh, Pixel Book Go. I was kind of disappointed that it looked like a laptop as opposed to the next edition of the Pixel Book. So you, I think you spent more time with it than I did because I just did a little bit of, okay, here it is. Yeah. Yes. Well, the big thing is that, you know, whenever I hear a company talk about the keyboard of a laptop, I want to go and check it out because I have long natural nails. And for me, I need a very specific kind of keyboard, a very specific kind of softness to work with my nails. Uh, The Pixel Book, as it stands, the first gen has been wonderful. However, the Pixel Book Go, I think, would be great after a period of time of kind of softening it up. Um, But what I think is interesting is the way everybody's been talking about it like oh but it's not like the first gen pixel book like it's not doing all of these things hey guys i don't think that this is meant for you i think this (laughs) pixel book go is for everybody else i think the first gen pixel book is still a great laptop i think those of us who have it are going to hold on to it as long as we possibly can because uh, the thing continues to be a machine. It continues to be a beast. Everybody I know, you know, Andy included, um, my buddies over at All About Android all have Pixel Books. I have a Pixel Book. Uh, a lot of folks in this industry are using Pixel Books just to do journalisming. 
And it, they're really great laptops for that, even though we complain a little bit about the ecosystem and how like not everything is available to us. But we make do. Now, the Pixelbook Go, a lot of what we were talking about or what they were talking about, Google, was the portability of it. Hence the name Go. So the first thing that was said to me when I went over to that station was, hey, pick it up and see how easy it is to kind of pick it up with one hand. And so I did. One of the biggest problems with the current Pixelbook is that it's a little bit dense. So if I'm not engaging my wrist, and I kind of have weak wrists, okay? If I'm not engaging my wrist just right, like it kind of feels like I'm picking up a heavy rock. Mm. Whereas this thing, I just like picked it up like this with my two finger, you know, my index. Yes, my index and my thumb just to kind of try it out. And I was able to do that. I held it up like a service tray. Very easy. On the bottom, it has this kind of ridgy, grippy texture, uh, which is very cool. Kind of a new little design paradigm. I thought it was really nice. It felt really nice opening and closing. It was very comfortable to kind of type on. I was just sitting there like writing my internal thoughts or whatever the heck I was writing. The speakers are really good, and they remind me of the laptops that were marketed to me when I was in college. I remember that when I was buying a laptop for college, the big thing was not only can you do all your work on it, but you can use it for entertainment too, because back then we were like still watching stuff on laptops. Well, this thing has got like really loud speakers. They're louder than the current Pixelbooks. Um, they're bassier. I was listening to like YouTube, whatever they had on there. There's a big onus around this is the laptop for kind of, this is the Chromebook for everybody else who wants to spend money on a good, powerful Chromebook. Because you can get this in up to a Core i7 configuration. It starts with the Intel mobile chips, which is fine, I guess, for a college kid who's just writing papers. Um, I personally have not been super impressed with Google Cloud Print. So when it comes to like printing and stuff, that's still a thing I'm scratching my head about. But I, maybe people have had more success than I have. Maybe it's just because of the way my home network is. I don't know. But again, the Pixelbook Go, I see it really being marketed to the the uninitiated to the to the Chromebook ecosystem. The folks who don't necessarily need a powerful laptop, but who have that ability. And remember, Google's putting a lot into development for these Chromebooks. So you do have Android Studio on them. You do have Linux apps on them. You do have the ability to, to code with a lot of like uh, text apps and the kind of apps that are available in the Android app store. So, and there, it comes in a not pink color, which <laughs> I know everybody's like whatever groaning their eyes, but black and not pink. I want you all to remember back to the MacBook. Uh, I want you all to think back as far back as 2003, 2004, okay? Because that's when I was entering college. The MacBook that people had back then, I think it was still the iBook, and it was the white clamshell and the black clamshell. When you look at these things aesthetically, they match that kind of like jovial, junior-esque, like junior person in the world aesthetic that's who Google's going for with this. So if you're turning your nose up at it, I'm sorry, I don't think this Chromebook's for you. <laughs> it's it's for a younger crowd, and and we'll see if they'll buy it. Um, that's we have yet to see. This is for the kids who were in middle school and high school with Chromebooks and are going to college and are saying, uh, "I'm this is what I'm going to spend my FAFSA money on." <laughs> and and to be fair, this isn't like a MacBook where Google is the only person, the only company making Pixel books. 
You can go to yeah. Dell, you can go to HP, you can go to any, Lenovo. If you want something that's more like the original Chromebook, uh, you can go get it. And for for me, that's what I uh, the original the original Pixel Book is kind of is kind of what I want because I love the it really is like the best of both worlds of tablet and laptop for me when I'm traveling mm-hmm. or whether I'm just going to be outside the office for a couple hours. Uh, so. So I'm not the audience for this new uh, the, the Pixelbook Go, but I'm glad that they continue to show off. Here is what our design aesthetic is about. Here's what we think a good version of a Pixel uh, of a Chromebook should be, uh, and of course that's going to it's going to both uh, inspire and inform other makers, but also it will fill out the the product the product line uh, the product line that's available from multiple multiple manufacturers. So it's it's pretty it's, it's pretty cool stuff. Uh, now, it is. Do, can, can we can we talk about Nest without unfortunately ruining things for you? I'm sorry. This I'm is... not mad. I'm just it, I was mad last night because of everything that was going on. Uh, I I still am going to enable all this. I got my free little second gen mini, and I'm gonna I'm gonna install it. I mean, it's it's gonna go in the house, and I'm going to do what Google told us to do, which is to add our smart speakers and smart displays. I'm already using them as part of the security system. I mean, they tell me when someone's at the door, you know, I, I get visuals when someone's at the door with the smart displays. So I'm going to use them the way Google told us to. So it's, yeah, they were, that's another part of the story they're telling about. We've got a, we've got a whole home sort of approach to, uh, mm-hmm. to smart speakers and to assistance and to temperature sensors and things like that. They were making as, as also kind of address also addressing the point that we are aware that, some of the cool, some of the most useful features of Nest involve a subscription service that you think are are unbearably expensive, and so we're kind of doing like a new home plan that will be kind of more direct and more affordable. So that that was good news. They did they did some, but there's some cool stuff that I really liked about it. Uh, one of them is just simply once again pressing the uh, artificial uh, the machine learning artificial intelligence button, where pressing the machine learning or artificial intelligence button there. And talking about how, well, instead of just simply giving you, oh, lights on in this room, oh, look, movement in this room, because it's got the uh, the microphone and because it's got, like, smarts, it can say, oh, by the way, there's the sound of a dog barking. Oh, by the way, so when you get an alert, it's not that, hey, there's sound, and now, okay, well, now we have to sort of stream this and listen to it to find out what it is. Like, it will, the, the alert will say, oh, I, I just heard breaking glass, or I, I just heard, like, a baby crying mm-hmm. in this room, or I just heard... The slavering, uh, the, the slavering, drooling uh, maw of a hell beast uh, <laughs> eating its way into uh, into our dimension to wreak havoc and death and despair. So perhaps you want to just stay in the office tonight. You no, know, that sort of stuff. Uh, so th- that sounds mm-hmm. like that sounds like the sort of like next gen stuff that makes you happy that you bought the first gen stuff as well and you want to build upon yeah. it. So they most, but most of the stuff here is stuff that we was so thoroughly documented everywhere else. So yes, they have the Nest Home Mini, which we'll talk about uh, in the next segment because we both have them. Mm-hmm. So you got to basically the Nest only now it has wall hanger uh, and, a, and a speaker out. That's good. Uh, Nest Wi-Fi, so that's the replacement for Google Wi-Fi, where you have like a base station and then uh, then like sort of remote transponders that, uh, that extend mm-hmm. the network. And now all of them are like Google Home. Or excuse me, I will never say Nest Home Mini without first saying Google Home Mini. So, but now like all these uh, network extenders are also going to double as uh, Nest Home Minis because they will have speakers and microphones, which is again another really nice value add sort of stuff. So it's uh, they 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 may not be able to get me to stop calling it the Google Home, but it, but at least they're. Uh, underscoring that this 
the more that you, the more that you seem to invest in these things, the more value they're willing to. They're, the more, the more they're willing to increase the value of the network that you're building. Yeah, yeah. Really want to get you into that uh, ecosystem there. Yeah, and it's it's actually kind of important. They're, they're also making points about how now it can directly talk to so many different products, uh, home automation products, and uh, Internet of Things products without having to set up like a, an intermediate thing on your network to act as a go-between. That makes things like less painful to set up mm-hmm. and to administer. But it's just it was just like you were saying earlier that uh, you, you, uh, it's. Given the complexity of the problem of including like a microphone and a sensor and cameras into your house, you kind of want to make sure that there isn't so many of those mistakes that can happen when you have crosstalk between several different accounts and several different companies that are being purchased and sold uh, from one way to another. You also want to mm-hmm. make sure that you're giving this data to a company that treats security, not only treats security seriously, but has the sort of funding that they can keep paying for making sure that the integrity of the network is good. So that's why I, I will never say that I trust any big company, small, small company completely. Uh, however, this is why I tend to trust Google at security because not only do they have the resources for this, but they also have the attitude that they treat it very, very seriously. It's not a PR disaster if suddenly they, they release a, a camera that has open access to anybody within a 100-yard radius. It is a personal disaster because they understand how bad they screw it up that way and they never want to do that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think the last thing that we we can talk about before we move on to actually hands-on stuff, they really wanted to make uh, make uh, a point of how eco how they they're taking the responsibility of making sure that their products and their services aren't creating damage to the environment. Now, parenthetically, it's already been done. We're already in a flood crisis sort of thing. I don't think yes. we, the best the best we can do is extend the point of human extinction by 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years. Suffice to say that I don't think if I had children, I don't think that they would be suffering from climate change. Maybe my grandchildren wouldn't, but my great grandchildren, they're the ones that are going to make sure they're going to have to make sure that their earbuds are waterproof. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to be the ones that are like, wow, you mean people actually used to live in like the Florida Sea? That was actually all land. <laughs> It wasn't oh, just God. like a, a, it wasn't just like a series of dotted islands. Uh, you, mean, you mean you mean Provincetown Island was actually the end of like sort of a cape sort of thing? Wow, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, so but, so but bully for them for for making an issue of it. But they're making a, a lot of good points. Some of them interesting points, like saying, "Hey, we've saved 40, 41 billion kilowatt hours of energy through the Nest thermostat." Uh, they're also saying that, "Hey, we're also investing." Uh, $150 million uh, in our, uh, through like the people that we, uh, our manufacturing partners to make sure that they're doing things that are eco-friendly. Uh, our mm-hmm. speaker covers on the Nest Homes, they're 100% recycled from plastic bottles. Uh, and then but the one that got, gave me like the cynical little chuckle was, and even, when they're starting to talk about Stadia, you know, they're streaming, uh, they're streaming yes. game platforms saying, and part of, uh, they, they got my, they got my interest up the, uh, <laughs> incorrectly by saying we also think that part of the importance is to make sure that people don't have to replace their hardware as often as as often as uh, as they as they might i'm thinking oh great so they're kind of they're going to say that instead of like guaranteeing that uh your pixel phone will be good for like three years of updates maybe they're extending that to five years of, of updates so i was real oh wow that's gonna be great that's wonderful the and that's why we think stadia is great instead of buying a new new game console every two or two years it's just all oh you lost it 
You're so close. It was to reaching. Despair. It was reaching exactly. a little bit with that. God, God it was. Bless, God bless you for trying it, but uh, okay, yeah, that was that. That could have been. That could have been done better. Yeah. Uh, one more ad. Then well, we get to the excitement of our adventures with uh, pre-release hardware. Yep. This episode is brought to you by our brilliant friends over at Pingdom. Pingdom is brilliant because they help keep your sites and the sites you love online. Pingdom monitors your site so you don't have to and gives you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. The internet is awesome, but stuff breaks all the time. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That is more than 400,000 outages a day doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company. You need those alerts about any critical website issues. They'll let you customize how you are alerted depending on the severity of an outage. Plus, they'll track and analyze your website's load time so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. And Pingdom is a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL you want to monitor, and they will take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code material at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. Okay, so what a pleasure to not only have pre-release hardware, but also none of those embargoes to mess up with. Yes, you're right. I need to take mine out. Here it is in its white glory. Yes, I. It's my mine is okay. I got the mine was also the white one, sixty four gigs. Has that lovely like like black band and a blue. Uh, excuse me, and the like lovely like creamsicle orange like wake sleep button on the side of it. It's got. I think these are going to look like much better once you have like cases on it because our our like take away take this away from you uh, with the, from the event bag. Also had like a like a nice rubberized. Case uh, for by it. the way, my cases didn't fit. They were both XL cases, and I have a regular Ooh. Pixel Four, which is part of the reason I haven't put my SIM in it yet. Because I learned my lesson after Marilyn Marilyn Monroe haunted my <laughs> Pixel Three. I'm not going to let that happen again. Yeah. So I, yeah, I didn't put my I haven't put my SIM in yet because I have to call an Uber to get me home from the train station today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the other thing is I it's like I have so many things integrated and so I'm just going to wait. But I am carrying it in this like little pouch and I'm bringing it with me and, um, you know, I'm I'm already kind of playing with the zoom is the the telephoto is the thing that I've been really yeah. honing in on. I've been like standing at one side of the room and trying to see like how well I could read text from the other side. Uh-huh. Um, today I kind of want to, as I'm running errands, I'm like making little pit stops by the Marina and by the beach and just kind of like wanting to shoot photos. Hopefully I can catch the sunset today and really, you know, take that to task. And I think the real thing is going to be, the real kicker is going to be those night shots and seeing what it can do with the starry sky. Uh, you know, I live in the burbs, so it's not as lit up as the city is. So I'm, I'm hoping to see maybe, maybe my husband and I will try and go to like a really dark kind of area. I want to really put that story. eye ability to the test. I want to see, the starry night sky and see if this phone can do what it says it can do. Um, that's kind of my initial thoughts. And also I've been getting a lot of, uh, feedback about checking out the battery life. 
And so I'm going to put, I'm going to download some of those battery benchmarks. I think PC Mark has one, which is great because that is like a productivity benchmark. And I want to just see how long it lasts web browsing and cropping photos and stuff. I mean, that's, that's like the big usage mark. And remember, I have the smaller one. So that is what, a 2700, 2800 milliamp? That's small. That's the smallest pixel battery in several generations. I think that's as big as the Pixel 2 was, which is was a smaller phone. I, I'm I'm kind of lucky here in that like I've got an extra like day and a half like in New York City like after mm-hmm. uh, so all day yesterday I was doing nothing but taking pictures and again I've got like $3,000 with a camera and lens. Uh, I've got I've also got the iPhone 11, I've got my like uh, my Pixel 1, but none of these were like out of my pocket. Uh, and, the, and the night after, and the night of the uh, of the event, I had tickets to the Metropolitan Opera, which is this beautiful mm-hmm. building. So I was taking. I, I got I, I, my battery level was at the. Your Andy, your battery level is at five percent. Either connect to a source of a source of crack cocaine now, or we will shut start shutting you down. Uh, so uh, I yeah, felt, it so, has to be cocaine. So I felt as though I, I needed to leave like uh, during like the second uh, the, the the second intermission. But I had the now we have that, an explicit rating, by the way, exactly. because we said cocaine. So <laughs> sorry to everyone with kids in the car. Pork, pork cracklins. Either connect to pork cracklins or uh, yeah, carbs. Uh, but yeah, so so with, I did have to leave early to make sure I wouldn't like fall asleep during the opera. But it also meant that I had like the entire entire the entire like lobby of six level lobby of the Met Opera to myself. All the sculptures, no one in the background, had a ball of a time. Uh, and I've been really really liking the photography of this. Uh, Mark Lavoie, who 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 was the subject of the target of my fanboying earlier. Uh-huh, uh huh. That was probably, true. Yes. Had, had probably the most interesting for me section of the whole uh, presentation because they allowed this like professor slash researcher slash head of computational photography at Google to just talk like a professor slash researcher without getting too too technical and nerdy, but making sure he explains how all this works. He had he had only he had only one uh, fun little jab against Apple uh, because. Uh, when uh, Apple introduced, <laughs> introduced the iPhone 11 and talking about uh, this new computational photography mode that they're coming up with, uh, the director of product marketing at Apple was saying, "This is uh, this is this is like uh, mad, it's, it's like computational photography, mad science, the way this works." And so the professor, Professor Lavoie, was basically talking about what they're doing, talking about like how they how they're combining using machine learning plus uh, com- compositing uh, multiple multiple shots, multiple images. You're saying this isn't mad science; it's just simple physics. And a little little mm-hmm. smile. It was it was like mm-hmm. it was like a friendly jab, as opposed to "Hey, man, what's what's the deal?" Uh, hey, th- Apple Apple goes after Google all the time, and like Android security. I think it's better to just do it subtly like this. It also shows, you know, a little a little class. True, and it's 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 <laughs> and it's okay to have a little knowing wing. That's fine. So, but yeah, there, yeah. there's a lot of really cool stuff in there. Talk. Uh, 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 for one thing, uh, uh, HDR Plus is now like they're now calling it live HDR Plus because they will show you mm-hmm. in the viewfinder an approximation of what the shot is going to look like, which was always one of the few things I didn't like about HDR Plus. Sometimes you didn't necessarily know what shot you were going to get. Um, super, the, you're talking about the uh, uh, super resolution zoom. I was playing with that so 
I, it became, I was incidentally using it, saying, oh, I'm waiting, I'm kind of waiting across the street here. Oh, look, the, there's like sunlight that's kind of catching this building that's like four or five or six blocks away. And so I was shocked when I used the super, this, the, the Pixel 4 has a normal lens and a telephoto lens, but it also mm-hmm. will do that, that the party trick that they introduced with the Pixel 3, where as you're zooming, pinching and zooming, you're kind of, you can't help but like mm-hmm. jitter the camera around a little bit. And so it uses that jitter to sort of figure out what must be between the sensor pixels and kind of fill that in well. And so I zoomed all the way in, took this picture, and I kind of had to remind myself that this was like a 10x like digital zoom because it, especially on through the what you need for Instagram or for Twitter or for social media, it is a completely convincing super telephoto shot of this distant building. So much so that as soon as I took it, I had to like zoom all the way out again to just to document this is how far away that building is. This is not like across the street. Yeah. This is like across the city almost. And that and that that was kind of like it for me for the rest of the day. Like I I wonder if I could super zoom this. I wonder if I could super zoom that. Yep. So the the one thing that was disappointing me about uh, one of the few things that I wish that uh, uh, Google had stolen from Apple was uh, after three weeks or three or four weeks of playing with the iPhone 11, I love the super wide angle. Not just the wide angle, but mm-hmm. the super wide angle. Because There's no the, wide angle on this, not even on the front-facing one, by the way. So right. if you well, want to take group shots. It's it's like traditional, when I say no wide angle, it's still like the same like 28 millimeter equivalent like wide lens. We're not talking about the sort of thing where, you know, you, you're taking a picture of people like at the, uh, at the, at the table of the restaurant and everybody's in the shot. Uh, that's you get some such cool pictures with that with the iPhone 11, but I feel as though the super zoom more than makes it's it it's not better than having the super wide, but it is as good in its own way in terms of solving yeah. problems we have to do. Uh, so that so like I said, I just kept like playing with that and playing with it, like playing with it. The low light stuff is pretty cool. Uh, they're saying we we hope you'll use the flash only as a flashlight after describing uh, the color. And, and uh, of course, I, I know we're getting, I, I'm really looking forward to doing like night photography. I haven't had a chance to really do it yet because uh, I, I did a lot of night, night shots around Lincoln Center, which came out really, really nice. Uh, but it was raining, just dumping biblically hard uh, rain all day yesterday. So I was not inclined to be standing out and taking pictures of Times Square like in the rain uh, or find dark places. Plus, I, I'm in New England, a beautiful like bucolic, like. <laughs> scenes and i'm not gonna be able to shoot the milky way from uh with no light contamination but i'll get some sh- good shots of that but it was cool hearing mark lavoy talk about how he was describing uh like taking shots of the milky way as uh, a holy grail for me he said taking like nighttime astrophotography photo that shows the the milky way uh and the, the demo pictures they had they're damn impressive and of course they're from a tripod and because he was the professor, he's talking about how now I want you to understand yes. that this was like this is a it is like one button press, but we're talking about it's taking sixteen separate shots over a period of many seconds and combining them together. But even that was really really fun because he's saying, well, think about all the differences in the in uh, in, in the exposure latitude. Also, the stars in the sky are moving, so we have to sort of make sure that we know that stars should not look like streaks. And the sensors, when you keep them on, there are going to be some dead pixels that you would never see unless you were doing this sort of thing. So even though it's a cool demo picture, I think he wanted to know exactly how much he and his team had to bust their rums to make this feature actually work. Um, and it's also the, the other cool thing is that this is something that you never hear in an Apple <laughs> in an Apple keynote. Uh, he was talking about uh, the, there was 
talked about his own aspirations about he sh- he showed like a, 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 a moonscape photo of like here is like a full moon but here's like how you can see all the light it's being well, it's being lit by the full moon but you notice that there's something wrong with this picture this is one thing we can't do because there is like 19 f-stops of exposure difference between the full moon the actual moon itself and the terrain underneath so you can't get de- you can get detail on the ground you can get detail on the moon you can't get both uh, so, but he said, "Well, let's we're working on some software-based photography solutions to that." And he said, "So stay tuned." So he he's basically looking forward to like I will I cannot be I cannot allow myself to leave the company or have some sort of accident that makes me like have to retire early before I manage to get a single shutter press that will give you the full moon and the moonlit landscape underneath it. Uh, but yeah, I was playing the hell out of this. One of the, one of the things that I was uh, really having fun with was in HDR plus instead of just giving like one brightness slider now there are separate sliders for uh for shadows and a separate one mm-hmm. for, the, for the brightness so you can so last night uh, or the tuesday night i was doing things like i know that I, I i don't think i've ever been able to get a shot of like the moon with its features in some way i wonder between the digital zoom and now having control over like highlight exposure if i can do that mm-hmm. and i'll be darned it's not it wasn't a good picture of the moon Beak, but it was like you could see that. Oh, look! Here's the seas. Here's the highlights. That's that actually works really, really well. And shots of like the fountain in front of Lincoln Center. Those were coming out actually pretty sharp, even though it's ten o'clock at night and the fountain itself is is underlit. Uh, I I'm having a really good time uh, with this camera. I, I'm uh, I I feel as though I'm doing I'm not doing as many side by side like eleven iPhone eleven then take the same shot with the uh, with the Pixel four shots as I thought it would, because I'm having too much fun just shooting with the Pixel 4. But when I'm shooting, if there's one thing that I can say positively about the Pixel 4, and one thing negatively after, again, only 24, after 24, 48 hours, they seem to be doing a much better, the Pixel seems to be doing a lot better job with white balance. Because I'm finding that the iPhone is is tricked a lot more easily. Uh, Like if, if I'm in a, like last night I had dinner in a diner, that had kind of cold lighting, you know, it uh, wasn't like, mm-hmm. it was just your basic, hey, let's just get light on the subject. We don't want to have a higher a, a lighting consultant. And so uh, uh, the the iPhone picture looked warmer. The white plate had like a, a, a yellowish tint to it. The food looked more appetizing because it had a warmer tint to it. But the fact of the matter was, that's not what the, it actually looked like. It was a lot more natural uh, in the Google version of it. And similarly, uh, there is uh, in another picture. There was one sort of like yellow, one sort of like uh, tungsten balanced or whatever light uh, in the room. That in the room, I couldn't see that it was casting like a if it was casting like a yellow shadow or whatever someplace. I've only been using it for, for 48 hours. I don't have any real conclusions to make yet. I will say, if there's one that's sort of a big a big thing that I'm sort of focusing on as an observation, it does seem as though the pixel is getting white balanced a lot better than the iPhone is, where it's a lot harder for it to be tricked than the iPhone is. Uh, the other thing is that the Pixel seems to do a lot of more smoothing if you don't go into settings and turn that off. So I think a lot of people might be s- thrown by how at times artificial and over smooth skin can look like if you don't turn that setting off, but you can turn that setting off. But they, but the I, I, will, I will just say that I, I think we have a real winner here for the camera. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, we'll see. I I still need to test it out. How, how are you? How are you doing with the face unlock? 
the, the project story. Uh, it's been really fast. I'm surprised. I also set it up in the dark. So yeah. we shall see. Yeah. The, the only problem I'm having with it is that maybe I have to redo the face setup, Is but I'm you. What's I'm not used to. It doesn't 100% as soon as I raise up the phone automatically unlock. Sometimes I have to like remember I'm going to have to tilt it a little bit. So you have to model get, a little bit. Well, I, yeah. I wouldn't say explicitly model. Like every time, every time that I flip, it, it, the the gap seems to be the whatever trigger that says, "Oh, by the way, I should do a face unlock scan right now." That if I every time that I I flick the wake the wake sleep button, which would I I suppose is the one. That says, oh, by the way, you should try to do a face unlock right now. It's almost it's instantaneous. I don't know that it's actually done the face unlock. Whereas just reaching over and picking up. There are times where I don't feel like I've I've project solely my fingers over it enough to make it think that oh I'm, I should I should turn on the face scanners right now because that's that's one issue I don't know whether it's a problem yet but it is something that's that's on my list the uh the, as for like the gestures unfortunately not enough things there's not enough things you can I do I turned with them it off yet. I turned them off yeah. I am, and I'm worried. Apparently, you can only get the new assistant features with the gesture controls. So I, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm just, I'm not having an easy time using the new gestures. They've been yeah. pretty frustrating for me. Um, I just very much rely on those on-screen buttons. Yeah. So we'll see where this goes. Yeah, they, they've been working for me, but they only really work for unlocking, and they work for like navigating through music so there's not a whole lot to test out yet and also i remember that when apple had face unlock for the first time there's stuff that i i didn't understand what it was doing so there's stuff that i thought was not working well so i'm kind of aware of that have, have you tried to I, i'm loving though uh, all the uh, now that they're doing uh, voice recognition and text to uh, speech to text on device uh i did have to <laughs> i did have to like start testing out of i, I was watching tv last night and just, well, let's, 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 let's start a voice recording and turn on live transcript. And I'll be darned. It was like word for word for word. As these you didn't turn on keeping... live caption? Yeah, yeah. No, I did. Yeah, that's it's live. So live transcribe and live oh, caption are two, two different two, things. Two, uh, two, yeah. uh, I'm, talk, I'm talking about the, the, the voice recorder app that's now just called Recorder that will give uh, you a, a transcript okay. that you can actually then save. But the other one is okay. pretty cool, too. The ability to simply, in the, just under the volume control, there's a new button that says any audio that's going through that's not like live chat video, I think. Uh, just, uh, just and it's, it's an accessibility option. You can right. access it only on the Pixel 4 through the accessibility settings. And I did use it last night with Baywatch. And uh, <laughs> it works, but there is a slight bit of delay. It's not like watching a television show with perfectly synced closed captioning. Um, I tried it with social media and I it it works, but like it doesn't distinguish the uh, lyrics for music, it just kind of says parentheses music playing, which is fine. But again, if you are hard of hearing and you're tuning into an Instagram story and someone has put a song with important lyrics as kind of like the background for their like mood or whatever, you kind of want to know what the artist is saying. Yeah. Well, we might, we might have our phone set up, set up differently uh, because I was I was using it with like some music that I was listening to, and it was just it was transcribing the music. So I don't know if it was instead of just having like you know music is now playing. Um, but one thing that I did love is that the the, the uh, on the, the live on screen transcription it's like a one line sort of like floating window you can drag anywhere. 
that's almost it's all it's so slim it's like almost like twice maybe the height of the menu bar sort of thing so you can put it wherever you want and yeah the number of times where i've been on a subway or something and trying to watch a video and not being able to being able to hear it mostly but the ability to simply glance up and find out what that third or fourth word was uh, that it works so cool and yeah and when i was in a if you can imagine being in a noisy environment <coughs> Uh, so at the diner uh, yesterday, I've had it. I, I wonder if I just there's a, there's a couple that's talking very very loudly behind me in the booth behind me. I wonder if I leave if I turn on the voice recorder if it will be if it will transcribe what's going on behind me. It didn't. It was Did perfect it? for like the conversation oh. at the table table, but not enough for. So I don't know whether it's being like privacy oriented or just understanding that he probably does not want every conversation in this entire bar transcribed. He just wants whatever's loudest here. But that, that's the sort of, like, it's not a Samsung style, hey, wow, everybody check out my new phone and the cool party tricks it can do, and then you forget about them two weeks later. These are all features right. that seem like I'm going to be using them and using them and using them. Yeah, uh, so, uh, and I did I did watch Baywatch with those speakers last night, and they're pretty darn amazing. Is, is, there, is there a caption that says, sound of Hasselhoff sucking in his gut? <laughs> uh no, I was watching super er- I was watching like night like early 90s so it was when he was still young and fit and um it was it was it's an, a terrible terrible show it's awful it's like it, it yeah it's terrible uh but hey it it sounded good i mean the the theme song was really that bass was coming in through yep, on yep, the yep. four I will. I also say the speakers, the built-in speakers, are pretty darn good. Before, before I, we can, we, uh, we'll, yeah. we have to talk about the Google, the, the the Nest Home Mini, which I plugged in last night. But before that, before I uh, was listening to the music and stuff through the speakers of the phone, oh my god, that's actually really really good. And I was listening to like stuff through the speakers for forty-five minutes before I realized that oh, that's right, you do have an actual speaker like in shrink wrap in your bag that you should probably pull out. So, yeah. what, what, what do you think of it so far? I haven't, it's not going to be plugged in until I move. Okay. So that's, yeah, that's when I, when I move into the new house in a few weeks, God willing, um, I will set it up and I'm going to set up all the things that Google told me to set up. But until then I'm kind of just waiting, uh, you know, I, plus can't really, not really a good idea to connect stuff in a house that you might not be living in. <laughs> so, That's an excellent point. It's, very, just, very it's just in its box right now. I did <laughs> uh, make sure I opened my suitcase immediately after I got it off the uh, conveyor belt yesterday in the airport just to kind of make sure that everything was still in there because I have had stuff stolen out of my suitcase uh, off the tarmac, which is like the worst. And um, and I can't lift things per my doctor's orders. I have to be extremely not lifting anything. So I checked in my bag. It's there. It's on top of a pile of dirty <laughs> underwear right now. So that's not what it's not how I feel about it. I'm just trying to illustrate is, to you like where I'm comment. at in the just, she's just this is, this is where I'm at in the un- our theater, yeah, our this is where I'm at in the, the unpacking. My unpacking process is I literally just took the mic out of there to set up for our podcast today. It's kind of like where I am at. Yeah, so yeah. I'm saving it. When are we gonna do the new house? Um it's gonna it's gonna go up as an intercom. Uh, device in one of the rooms slash ambient noise. So that's what it's going to be used for. And I'm going to adhere it to the wall and I'm going to do so carefully because if there's an earthquake, we don't want it to fall. Exactly. I did. Well, I did set it up last night. So I spent like a couple hours listening to it. The sound is pretty good. I don't know if it's necessarily 
better than what I remember from the Google Home, the actual Google Home Mini. I'll have to do mm-hmm. a side by side when I get home. Sounded really, really good. I will say that it felt it, for something. It didn't feel ch- like it was chintzily made, like it was a chintzy sort of object, but it didn't feel as solidly made as the original Google Home Mini. So that's another thing where I might take it side by side. Like, I, like one of the differences that, like, so uh, we got the, uh, did they give you, like, the tangerine orange one, the, the very orange color one? Or was it white? Or no. Was it? Okay. I got the, I got a, a grayish one. Okay. So mine is, mine is orange. And the uh, I'm used to like having a different color. The the entire thing is this orange color. So you've got the the, mm-hmm. the 100% recycled from plastic bottles like grill cover of a, but the base of it is orange as well. So maybe that's what's throwing me. That's not two tone. It's not like cloth and then like a different sort of durable plastic. But we'll right. see when I get these side by side. All I'll say is that as usual, set it up really really quickly on my friends like home uh, yeah. Wi-Fi network. Works instantly. Found it completely. I still still had that damn. As soon as I great, please here's this two hour long like double CD. I want you to play like oh great, here's the great first song. We're sorry, playback has stopped because you're using Google Google Play Music on another device, and I'm like screw you, I am not doing another device. You keep pulling this BS. I'm not relaxed anymore. I was relaxed listening to music, but now you're lying and you're accusing me of something I didn't do, and I will not have it. I'm saying I will not have it. And I don't think that's an that's a, acknowledged Google Assistant command. At least it didn't like no. actually fix things and work. I think it should be a, a, when I start speaking that way. It should say I don't know what I did wrong, but I definitely did something wrong because Andy, who is usually a mild mannered, good natured, indulgent individual, is now yelling at me and. Uh, an, an inanimate object. So I need to straighten up. I need to pull my socks up at this moment. It's okay. I asked. I asked Google PR if they had seen that Chrissy Teigen video of her yelling at her uh, Google Home Max, <laughs> <laughs> and I told him I was like, "Listen, we've all been there, okay? <laughs> we've all been there where we haven't been able to touch the device, and we're just yelling at it." <laughs> Apparently, this one is not supposed to have that problem because it has more mics, uh, and it's made oh, right, from recyclable material. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. It's it's a it's a mini. It looks like the old mini. It's a slightly better than the new mini. Uh, hackers are not going to be. Ha- Excuse me. Not hackers. The connotation of that word has been completely marred the maker uh, community. by. <laughs> yes. Thank you. The maker community, the do it yourself. So, bottom line from people who've like had the gear for a couple of a couple of days now. Uh, I've seen nothing in the uh, the Pixel Four that makes me think, "Oh, what a big mistake they've made." Battery life, I'm still, I have not, I don't have my SIM in it. I've only been using it as a camera. I haven't been noticing a particularly bad battery performance, but that could change when I get home and I put my SIM in there and start using it as a real phone. That is a bummer that they didn't put like a honking big battery in there, but oh well. Uh, the Nest seems to work okay. Again, it hasn't screwed up. It hasn't like risen against me and undermined my my happiness or my security in my life. So we'll 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 keep our fingers on that. So the actually at 48 hours afterward, everything that's really a fatal flaw with a problem with a product will surface in the first 48 hours. So now it's basically relative: is this good or is this not as good? So good. So good news so far. But stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Overall, right? a very, a very uh, great, g- greatly filled Google event. There's yeah. lots to look forward to, including new buds, which will hopefully arrive just in time for Google I/O next yes. year. <laughs> and if and if they don't ship in time, if you just 
Actually, you know what? You what, I bet that someone in the three D printing community will have like a three D print of with something that looks like a Google like Pixel Bud, so that you can say, "Oh, I'm not really supposed to talk about it." Uh-huh, I, I'll uh-huh. let you try it out, but I don't. I'm sure you don't want my ear gunk in there. But let's just say it's a very, very innovative product. Innovative product. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. forget that you talk to me. Mm-hmm. So yes, it was definitely worth my my Amtrak fare. It was. Uh, so it was definitely worth your time. It was worth my time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we could probably between just basically getting to hang out together. That could have been like an hour long show of, of enjoyment in and of itself. And then like a whole hour of really cool announcements. Plus any Leibovitz uh, plus and Martha having, Stewart and Martha. Well, she again, she was very quiet. She didn't. I got the I got the skinny on her. By the way, she was there because she's just a big fan of the Pixel. So oh. that's all you need to know. Okay. That's all you need to know. Good for her. So that's going to be it for this week. Uh, we, we had there was some Google news that I knew that we were not going to get to, so I didn't even bother putting in the show doc. We'll get to that next week. Uh, Flo, in the meantime, anything you want to people to know about until next week about what's going on in the Flow universe? Uh, check out my new podcast, honestlytechpod.com. Uh, still waiting on that Apple Podcast approval, but you know what? If you're listening to the show, you probably don't care about Apple Podcasts. So go to Pocket <laughs> no, no, Casts. No, no. We want <laughs> Sorry. you to be ecumenical. We want you to embrace all faiths. All. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, one, Whatever. we're all in this together. When the global warming kills us all, it doesn't care what kind of phone we had. We're all dead in 180 sure, years. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure. So, but the good news is uh, that uh, one of our former co-hosts, Russell Ivanovich, has hooked me up with a Pocket Casts uh, URL. So you can go to pca.st, which kind of spells PCAST. So pca.st slash honestly tech, and that will take you straight to the feed in Pocket Casts for my new uh, for my new podcast. And I'm already seeing some traction there. So thank you, everybody who has been following along. New episodes uh, will hopefully come out every Monday. We'll see what happens there. Again, I'm doing this on my own. And uh, I just want to say I have a an extremely, not that I didn't already appreciate Jim, and especially <laughs> I'm going to really appreciate him after today's episode edit, but I really appreciate him after knowing exactly how difficult it is to do this edit on your own. So thank you, Jim. Seriously, we don't thank you enough on this podcast and we really should. Thank you, Jim, for just making us sound good every week, for doing cuts uh, in all the right places and for being just a wonderful person. So thank you, Jim. Yes. God bless America and Jim. Not particularly in that order. Exactly. No, exactly. Jim first, America second. (laughs) Uh, As for me, uh, nothing particular, basically lots of sleep happening. And I hope you're not watching me and interested in me doing that. Uh, So just go to uh, Anatko on Twitter. Uh, Particularly, you might be interested in going to Anatko on Instagram, which is where I'm just sort of like firing off various interesting pictures from the Pixel 4 as I'm taking them. I'm having super, super fun. Uh, and that'll be up for the next uh, few weeks. Hopefully, before long, I'll, I'll post these on Flickr so you can see what they look like at full resolution and without Instagram messing them up. Well, that's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you so much for putting up with us this week. We hope you listen to us again next week. And until then, everybody, have a fantastic seven days. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 